Welcome to this inspiring message brought to you by Kingsword Media Outreach, a part of Kingsword Ministries International. We hope this teaching inspires you and transforms you into all that God has destined you to be. Please stay tuned for more information about Kingsword Ministries International following this message. May God bless you as you listen. every month I hear one story or another of um, someone who who is saying to himself that Christianity doesn't mean anything to me anymore almost every month I hear one story of someone who is saying I'm no longer a Christian or someone who is saying um, this Bible thing that is being preached you know almost every month I just hear one story here and there um, at first it became a, a concern for me because I was like what's really going on but later I realized that people who do that people who say that and people who, who fall into that category are, are just looking for excuses and because I needed to follow me, church, and, and because um, because they are not able to deal with their weaknesses, they find excuse to blame it on God or blame it on the church. Because they are not able to deal with their weaknesses or their excesses, they look for one excuse and say, "You know what? It's this church thing we're not doing again, or it's this." Uh, uh, pastoring thing, I'm not pastoring again or stuff like, they just find some excuses you know, and, and, and to blame it on that, and then they, they move on with their life, it's sad really but then, that's the that's the life we're living in glory to God tonight, I'm going to attempt to um, conclude on the teaching we've been doing about change we've done two parts already this is the third part. I like you to get the messages and listen to them. Each time I, I go through it, I keep getting new revelations and new understanding. All right? I'll just do a recap of some of the things that we talked about. And then I'll zero in on what we want to talk about today. We started by saying that change is a prerequisite for growth. Change is a prerequisite for growth. It's a prerequisite for progress and success and that every change with desire on the outside begins with a change on the inside so every change we want to see outside starts with something that is going on inside of us and nothing truly changes outside if nothing has changed inside all right 
And we said that the next level we so desire is subject to the next level of change that happens to us on the inside. So everything we're looking for outside should have happened to us inside first. And that nothing happens to us on the outside if it doesn't happen inside. And if at all it happens on the outside, it will not be a permanent change. It will be a temporary change. Okay? We don't, we don't see things the way they are. We see them the way we are. So when we change, things around us change. We don't see things the way they are. Alright? We see things the way we are. Because it's what? Perspective. Alright? Someone says the, the cup is half full. Someone says the cup is half empty. Both of them are correct. It's just perspective. So it's because of the way we are that makes us see things like that. So if we want to see things in a different perspective, what happens to us is that we change. Alright? Someone say I change. Every next level requires a new prize. Every next level. I want, to, I want to do something. I want to move from here to here to there. I want um, uh, new income, new experiences. I want something new. I want the next level. It requires a new price that has to be paid. And also, you, when, you're, when you're aiming for next level, you begin to discover new challenges as well. You find out that, hey, the, when, when it was just you and nobody attached to you, you were doing fine. You had some challenges. But then there's a next level came. Maybe you, start, you started being responsible for one or two other people. You, it comes with new challenges as well. Alright? But as we take courage to embrace the change our humanity deserves, we embrace the plan of God. What I mean by that is each time we move up higher, each time we take responsibility for, for a change that, that is beyond us or a change that covers different aspects of, of our lives and, and touch other people, each time we do that, what's happening is that we are embracing the plan of God. We're embracing the, the plan of God. Each time you say to yourself, I am more than this or I want to achieve more, I want to do more, I want to be more or become more, and you take the courage to do that in spite of the price you're going to pay for it which there is a price for it what happens is that you're embracing the plan of God each time you do that so it suggests to me that when we don't do that what happens we are not embracing the plan of God because the plan of God for us is that we keep advancing we keep increasing we keep moving forward all right so for true change to happen, we must become another man. The person we have not been before. For us to really experience true change, we must become another man. The Bible says that Saul met um, um, the prophets on the way and then the prophecy that went forth before him was that you will meet the prophets, the sons of the prophets, you will prophesy. You will meet this person, this will happen to you. And then when people saw him and said, he has become another man. So if there is a change we're looking for to happen, somewhere along the line, we must become another person. Somewhere along the line, someone will look at you and say, Some, there's something different about you. Someone will look at you and say, there, there's something about you. Why? That's the change. So you, you'll have to become another man. Glory to God. So you can never attract into your life 
what the person within has not accepted to be. If inside me I have not accepted the person that I want to be, inside I haven't accepted it, I cannot attract it on the outside. So inside I should have accepted the reality of the person that I want to be. The change that I want to see. Think of any change at all. Think of any change at all. Okay, um, by this time next year, I want to be employing 20 people or 30 people. If you have not accepted that change inside, you cannot see the change on the outside. Alright? So it must happen inside first. When your perception is changed, the facts may not change, but it gives new meaning to expression. The analogy I gave earlier. Someone takes a cup. It's half full. Someone says it's half full. Someone says it's half empty. Both of them are correct. Alright? But what happened is the perspective. The perspective. The fact have not changed. The fact have not changed. The fact is that there is water in the cup. It's half full and it's half empty. Correct. That's the fact. But when your perspective changes about something, it gives that thing a new meaning. The fact still remains the same, but it carries a different meaning. Okay? It carries a different meaning. And when an expression carries a new meaning, it rides on the energy of that meaning to deliver the desired outcome. What I mean is this. When an expression carries a new meaning, if someone comes to me, I put a, the same glass, glass of water, it's half full. And someone comes and says, this glass of water, this uh, glass of water, this cup is half full. And I tell him to talk. He will talk based on the perspective that it is what? Half full. If I call another person whose perspective is that it is half empty and I say talk, he will talk based on the perspective that it is half empty. So when the facts remain the same and the perspective is different, it gives new meaning to certain things. So certain things may remain the same, but when your perspective of that thing changes, what happens? It gives you new meaning. The fact is that you have a sickness in your body. is a fact. But the reality is that you are healed in Christ Jesus. So that understanding, that perspective gives you new meaning to it. So in faith, we cannot deny the fact, but we embrace the reality. We embrace the reality of who we are in Christ Jesus. We are not denying the fact. We are not um, putting out the fact. That's the fact is there. But we are embracing a new perspective. And then it gives us new meaning to that thing. Alright? Glory to God. So it rides on the energy. It rides on the energy of that meaning. So from that time on, if, if someone comes here and begins to talk about how half full the cup is, all of us will believe that it is half full. And we will ride on the energy of that meaning to deliver to us any outcome that we want. Do you understand what I'm saying? Once that person starts talking, the perspective from which he's talking, 
there's an energy that is flowing in that perspective. So the person rides, all of us begin to ride on that energy. So whatever outcome that thing is supposed to deliver, that's what it will deliver for us. When the other person comes and begins to talk on how half full the cup is, the same energy that in which he's conveying that message, that's the energy in which all of us will ride on and will deliver for us the outcome we're expecting. So what I'm saying in essence is that the perspective you have of life brings out a meaning and that meaning it brings out is the energy which you will ride on life. And when you ride on that energy, it begins to deliver the outcome you're getting. So when I want to change the outcome, I change my perspective. When I want to change the outcome about of what I'm seeing, I change my perspective. How am I seeing this thing? How am I viewing this thing? I change my perspective. Alright? So, there are certain elements that are critical to the change that must happen to us. And those elements help us to be true influencers. True influencers. Visionary leaders. Culture shapers idea owners, creators, innovators all these things help us to do these things these elements, the three of them that we talked about the first one we said is overcoming feelings and all these things happen not because not really because of us not really because of um, how we will feel it's truly for a world beyond us if, you will, if there's nothing you will get from every teaching we teach in church is realize that there's a world that is beyond my world and God is more concerned about that world than you your 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 wife your children and your two little dogs and four rats God is more concerned and a world beyond you than that small thing so when you are thinking when God is thinking he's thinking global he's not just thinking oh if he can get you um, food to eat today. No. He's thinking beyond that. So when he blesses you, he expects that you should think like that. He expects that you should think like that. So every resource that comes to you, whatever kind of resource, material resource, intellectual resource, it should be for the benefit of humanity. It shouldn't be for you alone. I mean, you have a knowledge and you keep the knowledge. You don't teach people share the knowledge you don't spread you have an idea about something and God give you an idea to create something you are not creating that thing so that humanity can benefit from it no I see people do it a lot at work they say okay you are a staff they give you an assignment to do. They say, ah, no if I do it very well now they will be saying this do it to the best of your ability I don't know some people some people um, 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 they shy away from responsibilities at work because they feel that if they are diligent, I don't know where they got the perspective from, or if they do a particular job very well, then um, everybody's going to know or something. So they tend not to do it well so that um, the people or the team will keep recoursing to them. So wherever you are, they'll have to call you. No, if you're in a team at work and every time nobody knows anything, there's a problem. You're working with a team. Always try to communicate. The more you communicate and teach other people and pour out ideas, the more heaven pours to you. He that waters shall be 
watered also. He that waters shall be watered. So the more you pour out on people, heaven pours on you. Heaven pours on you. So it's for a world bigger than you. So we talked about overcoming feelings. A lot we talked about that in overcoming feelings. So much we talked about in overcoming feelings. And then we talked about um, what was the second one? Creativity, yes. Developing creativity. Developing creativity. It's critical. It's critical to success. It's critical to becoming everything that God has created you to be. Alright? Everything has a next level. I told you, in creativity, everything has a next level. So we must always continue to look for the imperfection of where it will stop so that we can improve on that imperfection for humanity's sake. Everything has a next level. Glory to God. Overcoming weaknesses. I asked myself the question, what is the definition of weakness? What exactly is weakness? What exactly is weakness? I seldomly go to, to dictionary definitions, but I, I, I had to go to, um, to, to find out this one. And interestingly, because when I was asking the Lord, what is weakness? And he said, check the dictionary. And I found very interesting, interesting definition in Wikipedia. It says, weakness is a symptom of a number of different conditions. The causes are many and can be divided into conditions that have true or perceived weakness. Wow, very interesting. And I, I particularly like the definition because it zeroed in on exactly what was in my spirit. It says weakness is a symptom. It's not the problem. It's a symptom. And there are two kinds. It says there is a true weakness and then there is perceived weakness. True weakness is the weakness that we can see. Oh, he's disabled. He cannot walk physically. He cannot move or cannot do certain things physically. He's weak. That's true weakness. But it's a symptom of something. Even true weakness is a symptom. It's a symptom of a disorder in the system. They call it neuro something, something, whatever. It's a symptom. So it's not the problem. So if I want to, if the doctors want to attack that weakness, they don't look at the person and say, what's wrong with you? You cannot stand up. Why are you so weak? No. They, it's a cause. There's something causing him to be weak. Causing his muscles to be weak. So it's a symptom. But that's true weakness. Then there's perceived weakness. Let me give you the definitions of what. True weakness yeah, they call that neuromuscular. Describes a condition where the force exerted by the muscles is less than will be expected. There is no enough capacity. The force exerted by the muscle. Oh, um, can you please lift this thing? And he goes, ah. the muscles are trying, but they cannot. The muscles are trying, but they cannot. So the force exerted by the muscle is not enough. It's less than would be expected. Then perceived weakness describes a condition where a person feels more effort than normal is required to exact a given amount of force. 
but actual muscle strength is normal. Did you get that? A person feels more effort than normal is required. So I say, can you please lift this Bible? And without even trying, say, I cannot. Without even thinking, ah, I cannot. Ah, forget it. I cannot. Without even trying. Because the person thinks that I will require more effort to lift this thing than I have. I will require more effort to lift this thing than I have. That's what he's saying. He said the person feels more effort than normal is required to exact a given amount of force. But actual muscle strength is normal. This is where many of us, if not all of us, fall into. This is the place. This is the place. You have a goal. You have a vision. You have something ahead of you that you need to achieve. Something you need to do. Something God has placed in your heart. And then we conclude without even trying. God, don't go there. Don't tell me just go there. Don't tell me just go there. I cannot. Without even trying. And God is still talking. He says, God, just stop, just stop, just stop. Don't even waste your time. Or the word of God is coming to us and telling us who we are in Christ. Jesus. Say, Pastor, leave that thing out today. No, we, without even trying at all. Why? Because we are scared of the change that we want to see. We like the change. We desire the change. It is good. When we hear the story, it's good. But the price and the sacrifice to make that change, we cannot. We cannot. So it's perceived weakness. We have not even tried. We have not even made any effort at all. We just conclude. That we cannot. A lot of people do that in, in, in leadership when they want to take leadership roles or responsibilities. They say, ah, don't bother. I cannot do it all. Ah, I cannot do it all. Without even trying. Without even thinking to say, you know what? Let me find out if there's something inside of me that I have not discovered. Because when we're talking about change, we're talking about becoming the person that God has created you to be. That you don't know yet. So all these things are limitations. Not having to develop creativity. Having to overcome your feelings. So that we can be who God has created us to be. So when we look at all these things and put all these elements together, they're not outward elements. They're not things that you can see on the outside. They're things that happen inside. It's the war and struggle that goes on inside our spirit, inside our mind and our heart that is stopping us from changing, that is stopping us from being who God has created us to be. So all these things are warring inside of us. We are fighting with our feelings. How do I overcome the feeling? How do I overcome the feelings? How do I overcome not being able to, oh, I, I, I don't feel like doing something. And because I don't feel like doing it, it means that I'm not supposed to do it. There are people like that. Say, I don't feel like going to work today. Maybe I'm not supposed to go to work. Get up and go to work. I don't feel like exercising today. It's just me. That's just the way I am. No! You overcome your feelings. They're happening inside. Nobody's seeing it. It's just you and your mind talking and, and, and you're, you're just happening inside. And then creativity, the same thing. Nobody is seeing it. But inside, 
There is creativity running us. Ideas are flowing. We cannot write them down. We wake up in the morning. Ideas are flowing. Oh, say, I had a dream. Oh, this dream. In this dream, I was on the mountain. And the mountain was so high. And then when I got up the mountain, I looked down. I said, oh, what a mountain. And I saw a river. And the river was so wide. And I said, oh, what a river. And you describe the dream and everything. And the long and short of the dream is that God expects you to take responsibility for certain things. But we cannot. We cannot. We are comforted with the fact that we had a dream. And then we have a book of dreams. A book of dreams. No thing being achieved. No goal setting. Nothing. Not reaching for anything at all. A book of dreams. And then we want, when we want to feel good with ourselves, we pick it up. Ah, see, I wrote this to I wrote this too many years ago. And then we read and read and read. And then we fill our minds. And then we close it back. And then we remain and start a school. We are not, neither, we're not helping ourselves. We're not even helping the world. Because the, the people that need the experience from the change that will happen to me, you are denying them that experience. Because we are still thinking that it's about us. It's just about us. We are fine. If God would open your eyes and see that the steps and the goals and the visions and the things that you're supposed to do that you're not doing and the lives that are tied to it, you'll be shocked. You say, oh, really, God? Really, God? Watching a video. He knelt down in that video and he was talking about his testimony. He said there was a time he was really, really down recently. He was really down and disturbed. And then, that he was talking about how the song, Narekele, came in. That he was in a worse state at that period. Thinking that nothing was working for him and the things he was expecting. And then God said to him that, think of how good I've been to you. And then he began to think of how good God has been to him. That was how the song came out of his spirit. With tears and everything. And he said he remembered when he would sleep in studios, sleep under the bridge, sell this and sell that. On the road everywhere in Lagos and wherever he was and all that. Didn't have a home to stay and everything. And tears filled his eyes. And he said, God, you've been good to me. Now begin to wonder if he had not taken responsibility to key into the creativity that God has given him and begin to produce songs that you and I will come and worship and lift our hands. He has denied us. Every one of us in the whole world, he has denied us that expression of God in him. So it's not about him in the first place. So think about it yourself. How many times have we laid back to think that everything about life is really about us. Because of that, we cannot push further. We cannot take another step. Deny ourselves certain things and say, you know what? I'll go for everything that God has created me to be. Even if it's painful now. Why? Because there is a world out there that is beyond me that needs to benefit from this expression. From this expression. 
So when we are saying that we need to overcome our feelings, we need to develop creativity, we need to overcome our weaknesses, we are saying that God, I want to change. I want to change. So the people that you hear in the news that say today they are no longer believers or they are no longer Christians or they are no longer following God, they refuse to change. So they are now blaming it on God and saying the Bible is no longer true. What they thought was true was not. They just refuse to change. They refuse to accept that change. They refuse. Thinking that the world is about them. It's not about any of us. It's not about any of us. When we take the courage to embrace change and do the things that we are supposed to do, the true change we're looking for will happen. And the world will be, it will be beyond our world. It will be in a world bigger than us. Bigger than us. Bigger than us. Every expression of weakness is demonstrated outwardly. But it originates from the inside. Every time you find weakness being expressed on the outside, it started from inside. It started from inside. It didn't start from the outside. We see it on the outside. We see the expression. We see how it happens. We see how it's been demonstrated. But it started inside. It started inside. The Bible says man is a spirit. He has a soul. And he lives in a body. So the sustenance of his body is from his spirit. That's where it comes from. That's where it comes from. Turn your Bibles to Mark 14. Verse 38. Mark 14, verse 38. Jesus says, watch and pray. Unless you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing. But the flesh is weak. Every time we find weakness being expressed, there's a common goal. What's that goal? To incapacitate. Anytime weakness shows up anywhere, it has a common goal. That goal is to incapacitate. Whether it is true weakness or this perceived weakness, the aim is to incapacitate the victim. Give me Hebrews 4.15. The aim is to incapacitate the victim. Anytime weakness shows up, that's what it's come to do. To stop you from moving forward. To stop you from doing the things that you want to do. Hebrews 4.15. It says, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. But was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. So we see that Jesus himself, being our high priest, understands that, hey, there is something that comes to incapacitate us from achieving the things that we ought to achieve. There's something that comes. And he told his disciples, he said, watch and pray. He said, why the flesh is weak? But the spirit is weak. The spirit is weak. 
there are three things you need to understand about witnesses one it's not a gift from god it's not a gift from god some people have concluded have you heard people say that's why abija just accept me as i am when we fail to take responsibility for change we conclude that that's who we are no if you want to know who you are look at Christ Jesus that's who you are anything short of that is an excuse for mediocrity so we aim to be like him if we are not like him and we fall short in any area and we're accepting that is smallness of thinking smallness of thinking we aim to be like him so if you are not aiming to be like him towards perfection who he really is and then you find yourself coming short in certain areas don't accept it and don't believe the lie that people say that oh no 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 guy i just know it's a lie so you be today you do the lie so we just know it's like you just accept me as i am no that's not who you are that's not who you are just just leave me as i am like this and i don't know anywhere i go i always go there late everybody have known me so that's who i am that's not who you are that's not who you are there are many excuses we give ourselves just to say that's who we are no we we just we just accepted it because we've to to someone of the courage to change and that change i said before it is beyond us when you realize that life revolves far more than you it's not really about you at all anything that happens to you at all good or bad it's not about you there's a world bigger than you that should find grace in every expression that you give up if that is your concern you will have you will approach life with a different perspective you see things differently you love people you look out for the best for them because you realize it's not about you so it's not a gift from god like some people will think no it's not a gift from god First Corinthians eleven thirty. I don't know why anybody would think that it's a gift from God. God is spirit. The Bible says they go from strength to strength. All of them in Zion. If you are going from strength to strength, where is weakness there? It says, "Come, let's reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as wool. Where is weakness there?" It's not a gift from God. He said for this reason many are weak and sick among you and many sleep. It means that we are not supposed to be weak. We're not supposed to. So anywhere weakness is showing up, realize first of all that's not who you are and that you can't change and that you should change. You should change. You should change. Sometimes it's 
some exposure or some kind of experience that we've had, maybe in our upbringing or something, or in our, in our growing up, you know. We, we look at all those things and then we conclude that um, something, because of all this thing I've been through, um, I'm excusing myself from the life that I desire. Say, so, oh, I cannot achieve X, Y, Z, you know, um, because I'm from Padakot. People from Padakot don't do X, Y, Z. I've heard that story many times before. People come and say, oh, uh, Padakot people don't, don't, don't. Um. There was a time somebody said to me that Padakot people don't buy new clothes. I said, what do you mean? That's when I first moved into Padakot. They said, Padakot people don't buy new clothes. They buy, they buy, um, I have a name they call it. Okay, they call it okay. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? I don't want to associate with those kind of people. You two, you're laughing. <laughs> I don't know where they got the talk from. You know, when people, when people cannot change, they look for excuse and they try to generalize the thing. When you hear such talk, separate yourself. Say you don't buy new clothes, but I buy. That's the thing. You you separate yourself. You separate yourself. I hear I heard another one. Say for that people don't like paying. They don't like they don't like they don't like pay for something when it's too expensive. I like no. You don't pay for things when it's expensive. I pay for good quality things. I pay for good quality things. When people cannot change. They excuse themselves. They give their inabilities excuses. And then they are comfortable in it and stay there. And say, that's what we just did. That's what we just did. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> Precious Jesus. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life. And have it to the full. And have it more abundantly. Enjoy the life. Oh, enjoy the life. That's somebody. That's not who you are. Glory to God. Anything that takes from you, reduces you, makes you suboptimal to your design. Anything that takes from you, anything that does not add to you, that subtracts from you. It reduces you. It makes you suboptimal. To, to be suboptimal means that you are below, you're working below capacity, below your design. This microphone was designed by the manufacturers to amplify my voice when I speak. If I take it and I start using it as a tennis, tennis racket, I'm misusing it. That's not what it was designed for. So anything that takes from you reduces you. The second one is that you are only weak as long as you stay in the flesh. Give me Galatians 5.16. You are only weak as long as you stay in the flesh. So people have comforted themselves and said, you know what? I've known it right from time. 
my weakness. And so God give me my own weakness. You know, people have concluded that God actually gave them a weakness. He said, now my own weakness be that to make her just a drink, any money like this. No, people have concluded because they've tried and tried and then they can't help themselves. So they've concluded that, ah, no, that's my own weakness. Make her just a drink, any money. People have concluded. But look at what the Bible says. I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. The Bible recognizes that the guy has a drinking problem. But it says the solution to you, remember I said, weakness is a symptom. It's a symptom. So the guy who has a drinking problem and gets drunk all the time, is trying to address the symptom, but not the real problem. It says, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the loss of the flesh. It listed out, go on, go on. It listed out the works of the flesh. You see it. See, for the flesh lost against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another. So that you do not do the things that you wish. So that you do not change. So they are in constant battle with one another. So that you don't step into the newness that God wants for you. Each time you face your weakness. Just know that behind that weakness is a strength. Behind that weakness is a victory. Behind that weakness is a new level. But each time you hit the weakness and then you bounce back and say, now nah, so we did. You will just day like that. And you will move to the next level. That's how you be. He says, so that you do not do the things that you wish. Go on. He said, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Go on. Now, the works of the flesh are evident. Begin to list all of them. List all of them. This is the manifestation of weakness. He says, so that's, those are the symptoms. But the solution is what? Walk in the Spirit. He's not asking you to do any other thing. He knows that in, by yourself you cannot. Jesus even said to him, he said, the flesh is weak, but the spirit is weak. He's not asking you to do any other thing. Obey your own laws. Walk in the spirit. That's the only way. So the moment I step out of the spirit, what happens? The flesh takes over. It takes over. So for me to gain strength, I stay in the spirit. There I have strength. There I have strength. When Paul prayed, he said that he may take this infirmity from me. What did, what did he say? He said, my grace is sufficient for you. It means that in yourself and by yourself, you cannot. But when you stay on my grace and in my grace, then you can. Then you can. And lastly, your weakness can be to your advantage. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. Your weaknesses can be to your advantage. It can actually be a way that God will use. It says, and he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I would rather boast in my infirmities. That the power of Christ may rest. 
So what I consider a weakness, what I consider a disability, what I consider something that incapacitates me. And because of that, I cannot move forward. When I rest on the grace of Jesus Christ, when I rest on Him, then I'm strengthened. Then I'm strengthened. And then God begins to use that. He says He uses the weak things of this world. He uses the weak things. He uses the base things. But when we don't present it as base or as weak, and we present it as strength, then it, there's nothing He can use. He said, you are blind and you are ignorant because you claim to know. That's why. Because you claim to know. But the moment you say, Lord, I don't know. Then he can use it. But because you claim to know, he leaves you where you are. That's what he said in Romans. Romans chapter 1. He said, when they claim to know God, they don't know God, but they claim that they know God. So he left them alone. He left them alone to do those things that are not convenient. He left them alone. He left them alone. So it can be to your advantage. The fact that you are weak in certain things or you, are, you feel incapacitated in certain things does not mean you should remain like that. You strive for excellence. You strive for change. Resting in the finished work of Christ. And say to yourself, by my God, I can leap over a wall. By my God, I can run through a tree. By my God. And you say to yourself, in Christ, I'm strengthened. And you say to yourself, his grace is sufficient for me. So I'm riding on his grace to do the things that I'm supposed to do. Not because of myself, but because I know that there is somebody there will be a blessing when I overcome this thing. There is somebody that will be a blessing when I cross to the other side. There is somebody's life whose testimony will come out from my overcoming my weaknesses, overcoming my feelings, and developing creativity. There is somebody's life that will be affected when I change. So when true change happens to me, it means that there is a world that God is committing Stand to your feet. And committing to my hands greater responsibilities. Because at the end of the day, it's not about me. Glory to God. Lift your hands to heaven. Father, we thank you because the entrance of your word gives light, illumination, understanding to the simple. Help us to become the person that you have created us to be. Help us to overcome every limitation. Everything that incapacitates us. And let us realize that the thoughts and the plans you have for us, they are good and not evil. To give us a hope and a future. And so that we can find expression in you. And that expression will unlock our greatness so that the world can benefit from the expression that we have in you. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Ministries International. For information about Kingsword Ministries, visit us at kingsword.org.
for information and additional resources. Thank you for listening to this message. And remember, where the word of a king is, there's power.